0: This is episode 76 of the Inspired Energy podcast and I'm catching up with Elena Pastor from Florida in the USA. Elena is an inspiring young strengths-based coach and we caught up and talked about the impact strengths has made in her life and her passion for making a difference in the education system and really focusing in that college area. A great conversation and it's always wonderful to hear someone that is so passionate about strengths and the impact those strengths are made in their life elena's top five are included woo connectedness belief and responsibility it was great to hear how she's claimed these strengths and how they've helped her be her and um, just how they show up in her life right now we also talk about the importance of having a growth mindset in your own personal development what it means to be smart in the 21st century the education system and ways that she can see to make that better and The Social Dilemma which is a recent documentary on Netflix which has got Elena reflecting on her own social media habits and I'm sure lots of other people that are listening today. A wonderful conversation from a fantastic young uh, coach who is going to do amazing things in the world. So I hope you enjoy this chat as much as I did. Elena, welcome to the podcast. Look forward to chatting with you. It's great getting to know you already. You've been having some good conversations. Um, it is October 2020. How are you?
1: I'm doing pretty great. How are you?
0: Yeah, I'm really good. Uh, I'm happy to say uh, myself, my family are all healthy. Uh, COVID's obviously been uh, on the conscious of everybody um i hope you've been healthy this year and and everyone in your life as well
1: yep so far we're all doing well so all good here
0: oh good to hear good to hear and um what time is it for you because for me it's you know lunchtime here what about yourself
1: it's 9 p.m here on the east coast of the u.s
0: Okay, so I'm normally heading to bed about nine o'clock. I get up at five. so I I hope that you're okay for us to have this chat today.
1: Of course.
0: So I was introduced to you through a fellow strengths coach. um, And I know that you're passionate about strengths like uh, Charlotte Blair and myself are. tell me what got you into this focus on strengths? How did that all come about?
1: Yeah. So when I was in my second year of college, I had to take StrengthsFinder as part of an assessment for a class I was in. And we all took the assessment and then had one person come in and talk to the class about a few different strengths and, you know, just a short spiel about them. And then that was it. And, you know, as we all know, coaching doesn't start and end with one presentation. It's a continuous learning experience. So I was just very intrigued by it, took it upon myself to learn more about my top five and learn more just about other strengths that interested me. And, and I've just always been engaging in opportunities to learn more about strengths and more about myself.
0: And um, when you first uh, got to know your top five, how did you feel when you saw those? Did did they connect with you straight away or is that taking a bit of time?
1: Yeah, so it definitely wasn't super intuitive as to what every everything meant so my number two is woo and I was like how is what does that mean like woo like yay how is that a strength you know and then I realized it stood for winning others over and read the description I said okay this makes sense so uh, my top five are includer woo connectedness belief and responsibility and especially belief and connectedness which I think are a little bit more intangible me a little bit more time to really understand, but once I was able to sort of teach myself, ask others for help, I I certainly do think they all resonate with me very well.
0: Yeah, and how did they help you when you're at college? So uh, I know in the US, in a number of colleges and universities, there's a a strong strengths-based approach. Um, How do they help you by unpacking this uh, strengths-based approach whilst you're at college?
1: yeah, so, like I said, the class that I was in, we just had the one presentation, and nothing more. So, if you were interested in it, it was kind of up to you to do that. So i I guess just reflecting on what my top five were and thinking about where I saw them come into play. And then, of course, anytime something's at the forefront of your mind, you're constantly thinking about it, you're going to recognize it come up in places constantly. And my college experience was very much guided by making my own rules and making my own decisions. So I very much pursued and was involved and engaged with things that I liked and that I enjoyed. Um, Ironically, the class schedule for business majors is pretty much almost 100% virtual, even during non-COVID times. So Mm. you really get to shape your day-to-day life based on what you want and for me my day-to-day life was definitely centered around my strengths but I didn't realize it at the time because I didn't know what to call that um I'm definitely leading high in woo because I love meeting new people I think you can always learn from them and that definitely sprung me into a lot of involvement in um engaging with a lot of different student organizations and meeting new people and um, things like that just as an example
0: yeah and uh, I've been helping people understand their strengths for about the past six years and woo can be one of those strengths and talents which people don't quite understand or, or see as a negative um, you said it helps you meet people and connect with people is there any situations you're happy to share where it's like I, I know I tapped into my woo and it really helped me
1: It's hard to pinpoint one specific thing because I just feel like it's always present. I don't, mm. um, it's just, I don't know. I, I guess, I guess a, a, a vague example would be when I meet people, I try to figure out how I can relate to them. And I think that's also my includer speaking. I think it's the two of them working together Yeah, is meeting people, being friendly, making them feel comfortable. What do we have in common? What experiences can I share with this person or with this group? And so I think I'm good in getting to know you or meeting people for the first time settings because I lead with those two strengths and they're very people oriented and, and you know, just wanting to make people feel good.
0: Yeah. So I, I can hear you describing that, how they can feed, feed off each other quite well. Of, I want to make sure people feel included. I want to make sure that they feel um, connected. And at the same time, I want to really get to know you. I want to connect with you quickly as well. Um, can I ask, did you, in your understanding of these strengths, see how they showed up for you earlier in life as well? Is this something that you think that's been part of you for, you know, through your school years and younger years as well?
1: Certainly responsibility because I was always the kid that would remind the teacher that they didn't collect the homework in class (laughs) and everyone hated me for that. But I said, if I did this homework and I spent the time to get it done, I want to make sure I get the credit for it. It's not my fault if other kids didn't do their homework. So I, I definitely was that that student a couple of times in my childhood. So that's definitely my responsibility. Um, the woo, I think I definitely developed probably in my adolescent, I used to be very shy as a kid and, in, in not wanting to put myself in situations where I didn't know people or meeting new people. It was frightening to me. So I think definitely in my adolescence, I, I grew, developed that. I don't, I don't know what I would say.
0: Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah. I understand. Um, I have responsibility number five, like you, and I see that as that sort of foundation strength to just my way of showing up and serving people. I'm also very aware of the blind spots that that can have for me, or those those basement descriptions where I can take on too much or can't let things go. Um, interestingly, we've been having uh, a resurgence of playing uh, Uno or Uno. What do you do? You say Uno or Uno in Uno. Uno. Okay. So. Mm-hmm. I think, I, well, I think I'm starting to say it correctly, which is good. Um, but we've been having these conversations about um, what's the correct rules. And for me, I can see my responsibility showing up that we've got to follow the rules. You can't put a draw two on a draw two. You know, that's just the rules. And then my father-in-law and I have had some conversations about what he thinks are the right rules. And I'm like, no, the rules say this. Does that play out for you as well? Some of that responsibility like that?
1: Um. I've taken a couple of other, you know, personality type assessments and I don't remember what this one was called, but it, there was a portion where it asked about, are you a rule breaker or a rule follower? But then it gave contingencies based on, well, if you were in this situation, would you break the rule if it's, you know, enticing or it seems like more ethical to break the rule because of whatever the outcome would be. So I definitely follow the you know for homework and for things that are i guess seen as more objective in my eyes but the things that are maybe more subjective or that i think the risk is worth uh breaking the rule or the the risk is worth doing that thing that you don't know how it's going to turn out then i always want to pursue what i think is right or what i think will be the best for whoever's involved and i think the doing what's right part of it is my um belief.
0: Yeah, I can I'm just thinking about some beliefs, some values coming out there as well for you. Yeah.
1: Yeah, um, so Yeah,
0: so but just just to clarify, can you put a draw 2 on a draw 2 in in uno?
1: Oh I didn't realize you were asking about the game. I've never played that game. Oh, I know what it is. I've just never played. It.
0: <laughs> I am shocked. I thought it was a universal game. We've all played it. Okay. It is. It yeah.
1: is. It is. I yeah. just never played
0: it. You're going to have to come back to me on that one. Okay.
1: <laughs> okay.
0: So tell me what, what are you doing these days uh, work wise um, and, and, and what's, what's taking up your time?
1: Yeah. So I am involved in three different, um, work segments, gigs, whatever you want to call them, um, that I really love all of them. And the first that I spend the most time is I work with a startup and it is a technology startup out of Gainesville, Florida, which is where the University of Florida is. And it is, um, we have a web-based application that is designed to help students develop their soft skills. So Communication, leadership, all that great stuff that you and I all know is important yeah. um, for um, students to de- to develop, to implement in their careers and in their lives. So that's the first thing. And the second thing is I do copywriting on strengths for an organization that does strengths coaching. I really love I really love writing, so I write blogs on strengths and just blogs on other topics centered around leadership and how to be a coach and I'm also helping an old professor um, from my university that wants to write a book and he was a very very successful entrepreneur of a technology company and he wants to make a book out of his business best practices and lessons so I'm helping him to organize and collaborate on that
0: fantastic Um... I love that uh, app that you're helping that technology company develop. And as you said, those soft skills, which links to something which I know that you're passionate about too, and that's the education system and what it is that people are actually learning and the skills that they're developing. How would you describe the education system at the moment in the US particularly?
1: Yeah, so I unfortunately don't know too much about the rest of the world to compare, but in the US, it's very antiquated. Um, You'll frequently hear students, parents, everyone talk about, you know, school teaches you Y equals MX plus B. School teaches you um, the mitochondria as the powerhouse of the cell, but school doesn't teach you uh, how to do taxes, how to be a good person, how to be a leader, and all of these other skills that you do need to learn at some point in your Mm. life because it's just a part of something that everyone needs to do and you wonder how do people learn these things or do they even learn them at all and in some cases people go far too long in their lives before they do develop some of those skills and learn some of those things they should have learned a long time ago Um, and so the work with this technology company that I mentioned our goal is to help students or provide students with the tools that enable them to learn more about these things. Um, you know, there's studies that have been done in metrics out there that talk about how the most successful, not it doesn't even have to be an employee, the most successful people are the ones that are emotionally intelligent, are the ones that are self-aware, are yeah. the ones that know how to communicate. And it's just not being done in schools in the US, Um, you know, and everyone has worked with people that you can see they don't have these skills and it's just, you know, everyone just, everyone needs to learn them. So I hope some other parts of the world are doing better.
0: Yeah. Well, I think it's one of those things which has been done in some areas that I've heard about in pockets that have been doing well, where there is that investment in that EQ and that self-awareness but in, it's not consistent. It's not to anywhere near the depth that um, I think that you and I both agree needs to happen. The the app that your um, client's working on, uh, the students that's going to be for, at what level is are you hoping that that's going to be available? Is it for like school age? Is it middle school? Is it college? What is, what's the aim there?
1: Yeah. So the CEO created it with college students in mind because she's a college professor. Um, However, it can really be for high school students or for college students, um, anyone that's at that age where they they know that there's more to learn and more to do. Um, And, you know, not everyone goes to college too and students that don't go to college still need to learn these things equally as well as students that do go to college.
0: Yeah. um... So something that's popping into my head is the concept of a growth mindset and how important that is that we uh, approach. Um, Where do you think that plays out in this um, sort of development?
1: I actually just wrote a blog on growth mindset. Awesome. There we go. Very, very fresh in my mind. Um, Yeah, I think everyone can have a growth mindset, but certainly not everyone does. And you can't necessarily convince people to have a certain mindset or think in a certain way. I feel that everyone individually needs to come to the realization or understand for themselves why growth mindset is important. And unfortunately, sometimes it's difficult to get people with a fixed mindset to understand the other side. So students or anyone with a growth mindset, I think is going to be able to develop and grow more because they are the ones that value that. Um, One thing that I've learned in business is that, like I just alluded to, you can't convince someone of something. They either believe what you say or they're just not going to. And, you know, your, your, your efforts are better spent a lot of times working with people or talking to people that are on the same page. So people with growth mindset definitely will get more out of investing in themselves, but people with fixed mindset are not a lost cause and are not doomed and it's not that they can't change. It's just um, a different approach you would need to take with them.
0: Yeah, and, and looking back on my own personal development, I think I wasn't aware of the concept of a growth mindset until you know early 30s or something like that. And thinking about, imagine if people were having that understanding and developing that growth mindset, like you're saying earlier in life, uh, whether that's college years or even earlier, how that changes that approach to learning, to understanding, to growing, to being open to new ideas and improving. Uh, if there's someone listening, well, I hope there is many people listening that wants to know the best way to embrace a growth mindset, what would be your tip? Do you think for them?
1: To embrace a growth mindset. I am a huge self-awareness advocate. I'm a huge fan of Gary Vaynerchuk. If you know him. Yeah. Um, And I, I, attribute all of my personal self-awareness and learning about it to him but i just think that its self-awareness is so powerful because when you look internally and really aren't afraid to be vulnerable with yourself and understand what you are good at what you're not good at what your strengths are and the areas that you need to grow your growth mindset will take that information and help you place it or put your energy into the best context for you to realize growth in whatever area that you see you need to improve in and
0: work towards. Mm.
1: So self-awareness and reflection would be my
0: advice. Um, I'm going to ask you a question, which I hope we can go there. So no no pre-prep here, everyone. Um, Go for it. (laughs) Considering the year that 2020 has been in the US, um, how do we get that growth mindset to more people to change and help heal and move people forward? I'm going to put you on the spot. How do you reckon we could do that?
1: That's fine, um, so I'll reference Gary again. One of the things that he has said about twenty twenty is, uh, you know, don't cancel the year that woke you up. Um, just a lot of things alluding to the fact that you know every negative situation opens another door or has another opportunity, and when you're faced with something bad or something negative that you can't do anything about focus on what you can control, focus on the things that you can do. And so, you know, having that type of attitude, I definitely think that this is one of the best years to have a growth mindset because you're physically limited with what you can do Mm. anyway. And he also always says, you know, this is the greatest era to be alive because you have the internet, you have everything at your fingertips you can become an expert in anything you want to just because you can Google it and learn it and figure it out. And so I know that that's a very positive and optimistic look at what 2020 has brought us, but you're not doing yourself any good service by, you know, being upset or, focusing on the things that you had planned that you can't do, or, you know, being sad. And of course, this is all aside from the disease itself and people getting sick. (laughs) Yeah. Um, But this is a very powerful time because if there has been any wake up call for all of humanity to act on the things that you're passionate about or have always been wanting to do, this is the time for it. So I try to be optimistic and positive in times like this, and just I'm always a huge advocate of think about what you can, what you can control and create the best possible situation out of it for yourself
0: mm-hmm. because,
1: no one is going to do it for you.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So in your own self-reflection of 2020, um, are there any lessons that you're taking out of this year um, into the next year and beyond?
1: Um, I will say at the beginning, it, I was kind of happy that I was stuck at home because I don't really give myself a break very mm. often. I'm always go, go, go. And so it was like, okay. I can kind of chill for a couple of weeks. And then of course it just went on and on for months and months. And the biggest thing that I learned at the beginning is I shouldn't have to have a crazy pandemic to say, okay, I deserve a break now. Um, And I think a lot of Americans at least because work life in America is crazy, but I'm sure people all over the world as well are very hard on themselves and their work. Um, And even if you love it, you know, it's important to take that mental break. So that's the first thing that I learned. And then the second thing, I guess, is that especially when you're at home and have nothing or no one to hold you to things or to go anywhere, you really have to be self, um, not disciplined, self-disciplined. Yeah. To work out every day, to you know, check off all these things that when you have all the time in the world and there's no pressure to do them, what's going to make you get motivated to actually do them? So
0: yeah, yeah. I, I you, did you see Wally the Pixar film
1: when it came out? It was a while ago, right? Yeah,
0: years ago. But I don't know if yeah. you remember when that came out. You know, in the future, there's all these people that are quite overweight or very overweight, and they're on these sort of like um hovering sort of things i don't know what you call hovering chairs going around everywhere
1: Uh
0: and i remember at the start of this year i thought i don't want to end up like that like i'm going to use this time (laughs) to make sure i invest in my health look after me because it's so easy not to so you're right you need that self-discipline that motivation but and i also love that other lesson and a few people i've quite a number i've talked to have had that of let's not wait for a crisis to look after ourselves you know self-care isn't selfish let's Mm-hmm. You know, invest in ourselves as we go along throughout the year uh, so that um, hopefully those healthy habits that people have implemented this year, they continue beyond because you're yeah, right. We don't want to wait to get to the point of burnout or something like that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, you mentioned earlier when you're referencing Gary V around the internet and access to information and Google and, um, uh, you also let me know about the impact of the social dilemma on Netflix. Um, and I'll put my hand up and say, I started watching it. I was, um, I was actually away for work recently and I, I watched, started watching it and then went, all right, I'll come back to it. So I need to finish watching it. That's why I'll put my hand up and say that. Uh, for those that haven't seen it, um, please, can you give us, uh, Elena, your perspective of what it's about and the impact it's made for you?
1: I also want you to tell me what you thought of the, the little bit that you watched.
0: Uh, well, I think I put down my device. That's one of the things I did. <laughs> so um, I will very quickly, I'll say, and, and to jump in, um, I realized through this year, my time on Twitter has gone up and up and up. And I think it was my thirst for information and then my thirst for what's going on in the world whether that's uh, around the pandemic or other, um, you know, protests, Black Lives Matter and, and and that thirst for information. But then I realized I was getting to some unhelpful habits of looking through Twitter. So I've actually consciously stopped and I actually don't have the app on my phone and haven't been on there now for for a week. And I, I feel better. So okay. what has it meant for you?
1: Yeah. Um, there were definitely some. So- I guess for those that haven't seen it that are listening, I'll briefly explain. It's essentially they're interviewing executives, current past executives from some of the biggest social media companies, and they're talking about a lot of the negativity or bad, um, you know, maybe malintentioned or maybe not malintentioned things that are happening in the social media world and the negative influence it's having on our society. Mm. And for me, um, a lot of it didn't come to me as a surprise because I've done a little bit of work with SEO and I know how targeted you can get with ads just as any random consumer. So I know that they have, you know, a lot of data and things like that, but, the craziest parts is showing how strategic they are with targeting each individual person and really getting you to pick up that device and spend more screen time on whatever their platform is um which i also kind of knew but for me the part that was most striking was when they started talking about politics and some of the more sensitive um controversial topics so They talked about in America how, you know, the 2016 election was compromised because of social media, how um, leading up to the election this year, which is in a couple only a couple of weeks away. Democrats can really explain uh, media is affecting our lives outside of what we're doing on the screen so much and how it's making people hate each other just because they're associated with a specific political party. And it, you know, it's about so much, we're about so much more than what political party we affiliate with. And I'm anxious to see what's going to happen in the future, just in general with social media and how people are so influenced and don't fact check.
0: Mm, mm, so, mm. And, and the reconfirming uh, beliefs from my understanding, and we think about social media platforms and online information and reconfirming what you believe, because you keep on seeing it and algorithms keep on giving you that information, right. which then right. can cause greater separation and, you know, uh, I guess misunderstanding between different perspectives.
1: Right. Right. And I never realized that it had that power, but it's because they talk about how it's a subtle, it's a small thing each day. they modify your behavior because of all of these minuscule interactions or actions that you take each day on social media. So it's it is pretty wild.
0: Yeah. Um can I just quickly check in? Have you changed your habits at all since watching it as well? The documentary?
1: Um, you know, of course I'm going to be that person and say, I don't really go on it that much. <laughs> <laughs> um, to be honest, I haven't really changed my habits, but I am not, I don't think I go on too much and I'm, or i guess now i'm being more aware of what i'm looking at and my reaction to it but i don't think i went on it too much to begin with but of course that's my opinion everyone can probably do a little bit less yeah i'm just being honest
0: <laughs> yeah and and i guess that there's i think if everyone is more consciously aware of the way they are as you're saying aware of the information they're looking at the way it's making them feel Um, because it's actually going to keep on being shown to you in a way which could lead you down to a way of thinking and feeling. But if you're more aware of that and you're actually doing actually some pause and reflection, I think that's really powerful. Um, um, I want to ask, you know, obviously talking about this year and what 2020 has been like and, and the work you do, I'd love to know where do you think we're going to be, I know you don't have futuristic in your top five. I wonder where that might be, uh, but where do you think we're going to be in about 10 years time? Or where do you hope we're going to be?
1: In 10 years? Um, I hope we have a vaccine.
0: <laughs> well, I hope it's before then, but yeah, I agree with that.
1: Yeah. Um, in terms of social media or in terms of just anything,
0: Well, I'd like to know what's the first thing that comes to mind with that question. It could be for you, as you said, might be social media, but maybe more broadly back at some of the other things we're talking about around business and college and education and things like that.
1: I I have read up about on, you know, just some articles from reputable services on the internet about how education is going to be revolutionized and how, there may be less weight or importance given to college degrees. There's going to be more, or I should say a greater shift towards, I think it was referred to as micro um, certifications. I don't remember what the term was, but I think it was essentially, you know, a certificate here, a certificate there, a license here, a license there. So people can not be wed to one particular career path or route, yeah. which I don't really think many people are wed to their career path today, unless you're a doctor or something very specific. But I definitely think that I don't, I don't, to be honest, I don't think, I don't think in only 10 years, college will be significantly less desirable for students. But I do think there's, there has been a greater shift towards gig work. And I think that will continue to increase. Um, And I do think that people will continue to go for some of those smaller licenses or certifications just Mm. so they diversify their portfolio of what they're qualified to do.
0: Yeah. And I hear that from our start of our conversation with the type of work you do working with different people at the moment. And, um, again, here's a quote and you might've heard this. I, maybe it was Gary V I'm not too sure, but it was around, um, you know, get ready for the world where we've actually got a million one person businesses. And we're beyond that now. There's just, it's, it's entrepreneurial of that, that flexibility and the different way people work. And there's just so many, um, I guess, um, opportunities for people now to work in different ways.
1: That's, I, I haven't heard that. It's interesting, but I also, I don't know. I don't, I don't, I mean, not everyone can be an entrepreneur because we need people to work for corporations. And I don't think everyone's necessarily cut out to be an entrepreneur. Um, just because of a lot of extreme, I guess qualities it, it requires of people, but I mean, I work for three entrepreneurs and I love doing that just because of the, the entrepreneurial spirit and Mm. just the way that you do work with them. And it's just more personal, at least to me. And, um, intentionally feel like you're making an impact but just the the mindset and the mentality of entrepreneurs i just love being around because i find it very inspiring
0: yeah and and um i like your link there too around you know working for larger organizations and being an internal entrepreneur so an intrapreneur which that, right. that growth mindset is still needed in those positions as well of course yeah
1: exactly yeah, yeah. we need we need people all over
0: yeah um, just to round us out and to go back to our start of a conversation around strengths, for anyone that's listening that hasn't taken the Clifton Strengths Finder or, or discovered their strengths, what would be your uh, motivation for them to go and do it? What would you say is the reason for doing it, do you think?
1: I mean, I just learned so much more about myself, not only to apply to a career, but also just understanding my personal habits and behaviors and actions so it's just so it's it's very very cheap and it's extremely extremely worth the price so but taking it's only the first step you have to do the research or have a coach and invest in it but you will just be happier and more successful in all aspects of your life if you really take the time to invest in it
0: yeah and um I totally agree with everything you said. Um, I, I love helping people understand their strengths. It made a big impact in my life. First, finding out my top five eight years ago, and since obviously my full thirty-four. And I um, agree with the your comments too around that personal development and self-awareness, and even that growth mindset. It all links beautifully to how strengths can help with those, those okay. um, those areas as well. Uh, Elena, it's been fantastic getting to know you and what you do and your passions and your insights for what life's like and and what you do. Um, Just to help wrap up, just a couple of last questions. Can I ask, what do you think 2021 is going to look like for you? What are you going to be working on? What sort of things are you going to be doing?
1: Yeah, so I am an aspiring strengths coach. So I am just starting now to get into finding some work doing strengths with students so I plan to hopefully before the end of 2021 launch a little business doing leadership and strengths coaching for college student um, executive boards so I served on a number when I was in college you're just sort of thrown in and expected to know what you're doing and obviously when you're a college student, you don't know what you're doing. Yeah. Um, so I think I can really make an impact by helping college student, um, student run executive boards and organizations learn about leadership through coaching them just in general leadership terms, as well as integrating strengths into that. And I hope to get my Gallup certification as well. So those are my, those are my plans.
0: Yeah. Fantastic. Um, and I can hear, you know, you, you just sparked up then when you talk about that and about helping those student-run college boards, that you can really help them and, and you know, draw on your experiences that you said also through a strengths lens as well. So um, I'm sure you do fantastic at that. And um, uh, just to talk about that inspiration. So this is the Inspired Energy podcast. And um, what would you say your definition is of inspired energy?
1: So I feel that inspired energy is the motivation or drive to execute on what it is you're passionate about through the inspiration of those around you who are rooting for you and helping you along that way. So you have the energy due to your internal motivation and drive but you can't do it alone. So you're inspired by those around you. that are helping you get there.
0: I and love that's that. what
1: I am trying to do.
0: Yeah. Thanks. And I can hear that in your voice. I can see that's what, what you do now. <laughs> and um, as you're a coach and helping people do that, I can see you bring that as well. Um, so awesome. Getting to know you talking through um, again, your experiences, your knowledge and sharing that. Um, so thank you so much for your time. If someone would like to reach out and connect with you, where's the best place to do that online?
1: On my LinkedIn.
0: Yep. And I'll have a link to that on uh, the show notes. Elena, thank you so much. All the best for the rest of 2020. I hope that you are healthy and I look forward to, um, uh, you know, observing your success as you keep doing what you're doing and launching that coaching business. So um, I will, see what's going on for you in 2021, but I'm sure it's going to be fantastic. Um, I love um, getting to know you. So thanks again so much for your time.
1: Thank you so much. I wish you success as well. And I had a great time being on here. So thank you for having me.
0: No trouble at all. All the best for 2020.
1: Thanks.